0: I just can't believe, how, like, how they can say that they're for women and it's literally freaking called Girl Scouts and they promote all of this, you know, leadership and courage and, and powerful, you know, creating powerful women. And it's just like, well, that's a that went out the window. That's a fucking lie.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for tuning into episode 5 of the What's Going On Here? podcast. This episode, called Biting Your Own Teeth, a reference to the late philosopher Alan Watts, is our way of processing the ever-growing hypocrisy and deception coming from what seems to be every corner of society in the days leading up to the official presidential election day in the U.S. We may not have a guest this time around, but we do have a lot to say, as usual. In this episode, you'll hear us laugh at ourselves and others and you'll hear us wrestling with what we think are some of the most important questions of our time. Where's the line between intuition and psychological blind spots? Do the ends ever justify the means, be it with pandemic-related laws or manipulation of information? Why do we let history repeat itself? And yes, our original song and dance, Are private tech companies really functioning like private tech companies. Whatever your own answers to these questions, we hope this episode at least causes you to pause and rewind them a few times. After all, as Alan Watts also said, problems that remain persistently insoluble should always be suspected as questions asked in the wrong way. Hey, what's going on here? And here we are, episode five, hearkening back to four episodes ago. No guest, and lots of thoughts.
0: Yep, it's just us.
1: Just us, and that's fine because it's a special episode sort of. It's uh well if you listen to our last episode, you'll know that this is the last time we record uh this year during Mercury retrograde. Thank God. Already running into technical difficulties, but that's okay. We will rise above your tests, Mercury. And it's also our last episode before the election day, November 3rd. And I think this is an, in anticipation of that and also mm-hmm. in response to some some more censorship stuff. You know, we have strong opinions on that. And the the title, I was thinking about the title, Biting Your Own Teeth. I was I was thinking about basically like if a if a company, if a platform for communication and for spreading information has a hand in which information gets spread and which information gets suppressed. You know, if the very platform itself is a manipulator of the information, then isn't that not good? And so the the best analogy I could come up with was biting your own teeth. And I didn't come up with it. It's a Alan Watts thing. You ever go YouTube Alan Watts biting your own teeth. Alan Watts was a philosopher from the nineteen sixties. Big voice in the eastern meets western spirituality movement and one one of his videos is saying something like you know trying to define yourself is like biting your own teeth and for some reason that just that's the thing that stuck with me about this platforms trying to censor the very information that they are supposed to merely be a vehicle for if that makes any sense
0: yeah that that definitely makes sense um and I think we're seeing it more often where people and things are getting censored by these big tech companies. Um, And, and there's arguments on both sides, but, but I think we had discussed this prior that when you act as a public utility, then, and, and your job is like you said, just to be the vehicle behind the information and not manipulating that information. Um, It just, it, it, it's a real problem and it's happening. Um, and I actually have a personal experience with this now. Um, even just a little bit, I mean, nothing crazy, but, um, it was on Instagram. I was actually trying to, you know, I was just messing around with doing promotions on Instagram for our podcast and you can promote specific posts on your Instagram So I was kind of messing around with that, and so it was last Monday, I decided to promote a post um, from one of our guests that was on a couple of weeks ago, Tony Porterfield. So, and if if you don't follow us on Instagram, um, our posts are mainly just quotes from our guests. So that's all the post was, it was just a quote from Tony, and I was trying to promote that. And so I hit the promote button. Everything's well and good. Um, Basically, I, I figured out, you know, a target audience, all those things, submitted it to Instagram for their approval. And I really didn't think much of it after that until I think it was Thursday of this last week. I was like, huh, I I didn't really like hear anything about the post or anything. And I don't know if Instagram notifies you, whatever. So I went to the post and I realized that it said like not approved. And I was like, oh, that's weird. So I click on the post and it kind of gives me like this pop up box and it says your promotion was not approved. And I was like, oh, that's really weird. Like it seemed really simple. It didn't seem like um, really much of a big deal to me. So. So Instagram popped up with, your promotion was not approved, and it said, quote, to run ads about social issues, elections, or politics from this page, you'll need to create a disclaimer from a computer, end quote. So, fine. Okay. So they're telling me that I need to create a disclaimer about a quote that someone else said. Okay, fine. If that's your your rules, whatever. Um, I'm not required by law to do this, um, but if it's an Instagram rule, okay, I would have liked two of them to have disclosed that prior to me, you know, creating this promotion and creating a target audience, but whatever. So I try and hit appeal on the Instagram post. And (laughs) so, you know, I'm willing to write the disclaimer just to get this promotion out, you know and
1: did they specify what kind of disclaimer?
0: So, that's that's another thing. It really and I I kind of googled this because I was like, I mean, I don't know what specifically they want me to write about the disclaimer, especially when it's a post about a podcast and it's quoting someone. I mean, do you want me to <laughs> disclaim like I I I'm really I'm still not sure of that and I tried looking it up, but I was just kind of gonna just like be like very generic about it. Um but then I realized when I went to go like appeal the the not non-approval, um (laughs) Instagram came back and said, you know, it popped up with this whole other thing and it was just like information and this is this is what it said. Um quote a current ad restriction period in the United States Advertisers can't publish new issue electoral or political ads in the U.S. October 27th, 2021, 2020 <laughs> at 12.01 a.m. Pacific time through November 3rd, 2020, 11.59 Pacific time. And they also said, we're temporarily stopping all ads about social issues, elections, and politics in the U.S. after the polls close on November 4th. We'll notify advertisers when this policy is lifted.
1: So that's really interesting.
0: So it is really interesting. So basically, I couldn't, even if I had a disclaimer, I wouldn't have been able to appeal it because they're not running these types of ads.
1: So why do you think that is?
0: So, and (laughs) that's the thing. Um, It's really interesting that it's October 27th through The election day and another thing that they said was like basically they had talked about the evolving COVID-19 situation and just having fewer people and resources to kind of uh, do authorizations for ads on social issues and, and political issues but I just find it awfully convenient that they're not running any advertisements I mean even like beside the election and politics like social issues i mean that's pretty that's pretty crazy and it's awfully convenient that they're doing it you know in the time when it's you know october 27th to november 3rd this is when people are voting this is when people are maybe making their decisions and like battleground states and and things like that and it's Mm -hmm. just incredible that they have the ability and the authority to do that and I understand that they are a private company but I'm just saying like it, it just seems <laughs> telling of of what's going on with like the censorship and everything like that and revolving around election day
1: yes I I agree I don't I mean this is even you know the the private tech company so they can censor whatever they want argument and then this is even one more step toward that because it's not even necessarily censoring, you know, somebody just saying what they want to say. They're, ju- they're choosing not to do a paid promotion for a business that looks like an advertisement or whatever. So that, to me, that's even more understandable on the part of Instagram. But I think you're right that it, it, uh, it speaks to potential motives. Um, and, and I don't know what those are. But I, I do know that it seems really straight. Like, this didn't happen before. This didn't happen in the 2016 election. Uh, and I, I know that we've we've uncovered, you know, I have, I have a really good friend who works as a social media researcher. And the idea is that since we found out in, about uh, Russian, for, about foreign tampering in our election four years ago... That intentional information, disinformation, the, is basically the term for the the purposeful spreading of misinformation. You know, false information, usually by a government institution, for political gain. And that that was once we realized what was going on in the 2016 election with potential uh, foreign interference, this became a new thing but the way to the way to deal with it i mean this is not you know the the big the real issues from what i understand from talking to a few people who are really deep in this stuff the real issues are mostly companies that are posing as legitimate news sources and posting stories and i don't know if if it's more in favor of Right wing stuff, or if that's just what's being covered as the disinformation machines being right wing. I don't know if there are also left wing disinformation machines, but you know, they'll make themselves look like a local newspaper or something where in fact they're not. And they may be foreign, Um, they may be foreign hackers trying to interfere in the election in that way. They might be homegrown we don't really know, but that's kind of the idea behind the censorship. And I sort of, now that I've, I've, the more I know about that, the more I gain a little bit of understanding for, for the case for censorship, but not at this level where they're, we're talking about, like we talked in our first episode about doctors, about p- individuals who are not posing as other people at all. They're just saying what they think and are being completely shut down. And I still, I cannot get behind that. And this is just kind of another example of that. It's like we're not trying to be a, a news source. We're just we're a podcast with a quote from a friend of ours who talked about what it's like being gay in the South versus a Republican in the North. And so when you look at censoring that, I can't help but think that there's some sort of political agenda behind the censorship.
0: Yeah, uh- I think so too and I can I can see also too about the disinformation campaigns if you will um, but I still think it's incredibly important <laughs> um, not to censor <laughs> people um, you know not only companies but like individuals too and yeah there's the uh, the the fact that we can't post a quote from someone else from an individual you know on a podcast I think is it's getting a little bit scary <laughs> to this point
1: that totally is yeah and, and I wonder when it comes to you know like is there is there a so there's there's disinformation right which is and mm-hmm. and people want to stop disinformation which again uh, you know according to the generally accepted definitions of these terms on the the internet misinformation is false information it's lies it's not true and then disinformation is the intentional spread of misinformation and so there it, if there's an effort to stop disinformation if it's honest i can see that as noble but what about the other way what about the stopping the censorship of true information and that's equally awful and then then what's true and what's not becomes the big question and when nobody knows what's true then we appeal to our pre-existing notions or our our feelings about a situation because when everything is true and nothing is true, because the waters are so muddied, we we can only use our personal viewpoints that we already have as a guiding light, and then we'll just look for anything that confirms that. Are the classic confirmation bias, right. and that's really dangerous. That's really why a big reason why all this is so messed up is because there's not. We if we can't even agree on what's true, it's. It's like, well, th- this, whole th- this whole thing is a sham. The entire institution of politics and social issues right now and social media is a fucking sham. Because if, you, if, if two people can debate and one person says, well, what you're saying is just simply not true, and then they rattle off a statistic, and then the other person says, well, you're just lying, that's not true at all, and then rattles off a different statistic we're we're at a standstill ladies and gentlemen there's there's nowhere else to go this whole the whole matrix that we're living in right now is fucked and we need to start over and i don't really have any solution beyond that but i hope what i'm saying is kind of making sense
0: yeah i yeah i think you bring up a good point like everything is just so muddied it's just like and and those people who say have an argument about something and they and This person says no, and then they throw out the statistic, and then the person's like, no, you're lying, and then they throw out another statistic. It's like, those are the types of (laughs) things. It's like, like you were saying, like, everything's true, but then that means nothing's true. And that makes anything, like, you can't decipher what really is true and what's not, and I think yeah, there is, like, they do that purposely. um, yeah. And that's how people just, like, yeah, everything becomes subjective. and.
1: Yeah, and there are, some, there are some things that just, they're just not. And some things are, I, so I was listening, I sent you this podcast the other day. Guys, if you, you should listen to this podcast, because... I don't know. It's it spoken resonated to me about they're basically two people. Eric Weinstein and Douglas Murray are two people far smarter and more articulate than I am. Talking about how we've lost the sense for the middle ground, um, and it's a it's a four hour episode. So pace yourself. I'm not finished with it yet, but you know, on your whatever a week's worth of commutes to work if you're physically going to work on site or just. You know, half an hour here and there. It's an incredible episode. the The podcast is the Portal, and the host is Eric Weinstein, and then his guest is Douglas Murray, um, another gay conservative, just like Tony we had in the the podcast a couple weeks ago. So the at one point Eric Weinstein he brings up how he says, "You remember the dress the the dress that was." Uh, either blue and white or gold. What was it? It was either blue or yeah, gold, was, basically, right? It was
0: blue. It was blue and black, and then
1: something. Whatever. One one side had it. blue in it. The other side had gold in it. It's gold, right? And he just he he brought up that it's it's really really scary that right now every single issue we look at seems to be just like the dress, where mm. you are looking at the same exact thing. And you are seeing something completely different. And yeah. to me, again, the dress is not something that we should be basing our lives on, right? It's like it's right. it's uh, it's an optical illusion. I don't even know if you would call it an illusion, but it's a cool thing that you can that whoa, this is the way that our our optic nerve and our brains and whatever mm-hmm. play tricks on us, or uh, some people are predisposed to this and that, and. That's about it. You don't go living your life on the the kind of phenomenon that happens with the dress. And so right. when this happens with political and social issues, we are not stopping and saying, what is wrong with this? Or maybe this shouldn't be my, my day-to-day, this shouldn't make up my day-to-day life, at least not as much as it, it is for a lot of people. And yet we go along and we start letting it ruin our relationships with people. We start letting it poison our day-to-day life. And it's just, it's not real life. It's not, it's, it's not, like I said before, when everything's true and nothing's true. And if there are two different sets of facts that contradict each other, well, at least one of them's not a fact. And so stop living your life as though it's absolute truth because it's all, It's just getting to the point where it's just really bizarre, like we're living in some crazy dystopian made-up simulation or something.
0: Yeah, totally. And, like, I wish people would stop worrying about being right and the other person being wrong and realize, like, whatever it may be, like, I know it's hard, but, like, try not to have a dog in the fight. Like, try to take a step back and be like, I just want the truth. Regardless of what it is, I want that. And you have to be willing to look through all of the garbage that they put out there. And I'm not saying one side is right or the other. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, you have to be willing to to open yourself up to a lot of information and and decipher that and... I just think we've gotten to the point where everything is just so divided. It's either you're on the right or you're on the left. And like you said, there's no middle ground. And that's, and what we've said before, that's kind of where the truth lies is in the middle. So you have to be willing to be wrong or you have to be willing, you know, to hear other (laughs) arguments and and thoughts and ideas. Yeah. And I think that's just what we're missing here. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a friend, a really good friend. Uh, He's, he, well, he's kind of all over the place when it comes to his views, but he's definitely one of those, like, people who subscribe to the idea that if Trump wins, Mm -hmm. we're doomed and our democracy is is finished as we know it, and it's the worst possible thing for the entire human race, and he's the (laughs) Antichrist. And, uh, I mean, some of those aren't direct quotes from him, but right. Right. (laughs) And, but so, so look at, you know, if you were to look at his social media, uh, he, you, you might think, okay, lefty, um, that, that sort of person, but he, he really is much more nuanced when, when you know him and Hmm. he, always tells me that he strives as hard as it is to find a balance point, which is often in the middle. And I, I just respect the hell out of him for it. And I respect any person who, because like you said, Devin, that, that was a great point of just having, not having a dog in the fight. And I guess that's where like the title of this episode comes from. Like if you are, you know, if you're, Let's say you're the stage, you're the literal physical stage for like a dance competition, right? Like dancing with the stars mm-hmm. or whatever. And let's just pretend yep. that you're the stage, the stage is alive or something like that. I don't know. But mm-hmm. you're the literal physical platform they're dancing on. And you somehow manipulate yourself to make one team's performance better than all the others. That's kind of what like Twitter was doing with the 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 a Hunter Biden email article from the New York Post, yep. and it, it it turns out that the as as far as I know right now from the most recent kind of stuff that has come out is that there aren't actually very many. There's not much information in those emails that that directly implicates uh, Joe Biden in anything illegal. Um, it does. There is one email that suggests that Joe Biden was going to meet with uh representatives from either Ukraine or China about his son's business dealings and that would ju- that would just imply that Joe Biden was lying when he said that he's never uh done anything or dealt in any way with his son's business dealings but it doesn't imply him in in money laundering or benefiting from these deals as vice president of the US so it it may very well be a non event but the fact that Twitter just banned the post because it was critical uh, or right. or or it was information that none of it was untrue. A lot of it was inconclusive as to the implications, but the so that's that's fine. I understand like you know you, you don't want inform misinformation about how Joe Biden's a crook, right? when there's not even anything there are no impl- implications, but that wasn't the case.
0: Right. and the
1: article. And anybody who was reposting the article was censored from Twitter. And then Twitter got backlash f- for that and and self-corrected, but it was a little too late for that. And it's just like you that's like the stage putting up one team of Dancing with the stars over the other. It's like, are you the stage or are you or do you have a dog in the fight to use the the analogy that you use or the metaphor that you use? That's just it just doesn't seem right to me
0: yeah and it's it's not right like no matter w- what the article was or what you know it it is it's exactly it's you're you're rigging the dance floor in this and you know based upon your own ideologies and in what you believe um should you know what should and shouldn't be available to the public and um and just to go back to like you said you know there wasn't like too much on it uh regarding like hunter biden and the links that he had with ukraine and china and, and the connection there with joe biden but i will say that there was there was an energy company um in in the ukraine called burisma and there the the emails and everything implied that there hunter biden did make introductions um with an executive at burisma to joe biden while he was vice president and the thing that really stuck out to me about that whole story was a like i think it was like 8 months or 9 months later, like after that introduction happened or or what was implied that that introduction happened is that Joe Biden pressured the Ukrainian the Ukrainian president and the prime minister to fire the prosecutor that was investigating the company Burisma. Now, you know, and and again, we don't know. It's but but I think it's important to have this information out here and and, totally you know it's it's just crazy to me that you can block i mean the new york post i think didn't their account it was like locked for a brief period and then obviously like the just like the articles all were deleted and this you know this tweet isn't available anymore i mean that's if that's not blatant censorship, I don't know what is.
1: Amen. And it, it becomes clearer with I know you sent we, we want to talk about the Glenn Greenwald um totally. thing too, which is related because you basically you're you're putting the cart before the horse by having a dog in the fight. It's your your viewpoint is supposed to be shaped by information. Not you're not supposed to already have a fixed viewpoint which then shapes which information goes to whom and how.
0: Right. It's
1: supposed your viewpoint is supposed to be a product of the information you've gathered and the experiences you've had. And so if and I'm not saying necessarily anybody's mind would be changed about the Trump Biden no right uh, contest, right? By knowing this information about Biden, that may very well turn out to be absolutely nothing. But clearly, if you are making such a concerted effort to to mm-hmm. cover up any criticisms of Joe Biden, how how is that how is that right? Whether you're a private company or not, how I mean. If you're listening to this, do you really feel that that's that's right? Would do you feel that people should be voting for Biden because they don't know something nefarious about him or potentially nefarious? Or do you want things do you want a free flow of information where people make the best choice with all of the information available? Because right now it's just it's your identity, your ideology, the mm-hmm the already there idea that Trump is the worst thing to ever happen in the entire world and that Joe Biden has to win. And then instead of letting that notion be flexible based on new information, you have fixed that in place and you've said anything that contradicts this notion will be suppressed.
0: Right. Cognitive dissonance.
1: Exactly. So it doesn't really, and then what that does is it, it, it dis- discredits the very notion itself.
0: Yeah, that's so true. It's like
1: winning. It's like winning a a wrestling match or something because somebody else had your opponent had a broken ankle and you knew about it and the whole world knows about it. That kind of thing.
0: Right. Yeah. Totally. Um. Yeah, and and to go back the the Glenn Greenwald thing. Um. You know, I don't. I don't know too much about Glenn Greenwald, but I mean, I'd give him props. And I guess, I guess, before I do that, for for those who don't know, um, Glenn Greenwald, um, he is a co founding editor of The Intercept, which is just an online publication. And he wrote about the Hunter Biden, I guess, emails or scan whatever you want to call it, and he basically said then he wasn't allowed to publish it because there were parts critical of Joe Biden and not until he removed those critical pieces of Joe Biden would he be able to publish it so basically he was saying that the intercept his his colleagues the editors censored him and because of that he he quit he quit the the publication that he co-founded and
1: and it was the big thing is not just that they wanted to censor the article because if they want to censor you want to censor an article it could be on the grounds of whatever you know dangerous disinformation but the fact that they told him you can't publish this article unless you remove everything that's critical of joe biden what the hell
0: yeah like honestly i mean they were literally just saying like we are admitting to censoring you because you're critical of the candidate that we want to be the president of the United States.
1: Exactly. And that is not journalism.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's not. Um, So I give props to, to Glenn Greenwald for having journalistic integrity and just personal integrity for, you know, I mean, that probably wasn't easy for him to have been a, you know, A co-founding editor (laughs) to this publication and Mm. and then just being like the you know what fuck this like and i don't know all of his experiences at the intercept maybe you know things happened before that maybe weren't like crossing the line so much and this was maybe the like the the straw that broke the camel's back
1: Um, absolutely i have i wrote down some quotes from that yeah, that article. Can I read them? Absolutely. So, um, if you guys want to read the the article about it, he includes his resignation letter, and then he also the article or a post by him is an explanation of about why he resigned. Um, so, it's if you go to greenwald.substack.com, that's his his personal uh, platform, and it's on there. My my resignation from the Intercept. So a couple of these quotes stood out. So the first one is, he says, As a last-ditch attempt to avoid being censored, I encouraged them to air their disagreements with me by writing their own articles that critique my perspectives and letting readers decide who is right the way any confident and healthy media outlet would. And isn't that powerful, ladies and gentlemen? Because again, sunlight is the best disinfectant. Right, you mm-hmm. don't. If if information is truly illegitimate or just doesn't hold water, then expose it, shed light onto uh, on on why that's the case, and it won't prevail. It's survive. It's this. It's evolution, survival of the fittest. Information. Right. So if you have any inclination to suppress information, I think that's an indicator that there's either some truth to it or that you are just you're putting the what it may or may not do to your reputation or in this case to your your desired result of the election before the free flow of information which is just fucked up totally okay next quote yeah Our discourse is becoming increasingly intolerant of dissenting views and our culture is demanding more and more submission to prevailing orthodoxies imposed by self-anointed monopolists of truth and righteousness backed up by armies of online enforcement mobs. Damn. I mean, just, he's really hitting the nail on the head here. Honestly, honestly. I am upset that this happened to him, but I am really glad that it at least yielded this... Very articulate article. Yeah. Um, speaking of the mob, I have a friend, another friend who is a a woman, a young woman, and mm-hmm. she is a Christian conservative, uh, and she so she is very sensitive to the the suppression of the conservative uh, slash Christian or religious mm-hmm. voice. Yeah. Uh, and you know, just to remind listeners, I am not. I am neither liberal nor conservative, and I am not religious at all. So this isn't – I know this is, uh, again, a critique of the left uh, mostly because, number one, I think they're acting more crazy than the right right now. And number two, because, you know, my heart and soul – I used to be a registered Democrat, you know, that, like my heart and soul – if, if the scales are balanced, definitely leans more to the left just in terms of my natural disposition. And so I'm extra upset that the left has come to this. Like a lot of right. former liberals who've been pushed to the other side. I haven't been pushed to the other side. I'm not on a side right now, but I'm yeah. just saying, you know, it, this isn't an uncommon sentiment. So anyway, right. so my friend was, she, she shared a post and we were talking about how uh, the Girl Scouts of America, oh, they gosh. tweeted yeah. congratulations to the new uh, justice yeah. that was appointed. What's her name?
0: Amy Coney Barrett. Yes,
1: yeah. yes. And uh, as like as like a woman to woman thing, feminism. Right. You know, congratulations that a, a woman was appointed. We we wish you the best. And then the leftist mob <laughs> attacked <laughs> attacked the Girl Scouts of America, and they used they use the notion that the Girl Scouts of America is not supposed to be a political or socially involved uh, organization and that, you know, they shouldn't make any posts of that nature and they should recant that or whatever. So they had to make this big apology. Sorry, we're not a political organization. We shouldn't have done that. Uh, But then you look back at a month prior about their lauding of, uh Ruth Bader Ginsburg and her the rest in peace and and of all her accomplishments and whatever so the conclusion is that um women supporting women is okay and women's rights are really really awesome if they and only if they are liberal right so this quote just speaks to it's just speaks volumes it's like please
0: yeah like and and i like I mean, talk about, you know, the the Girl Scouts motto is, it's like, it builds girls of courage, confidence, and character, make the world a better place. Well, like, nothing says courage and, and like, character, like, giving in to the freaking woke mob. Oh, like, tell me about it. Th- there's just so much wrong with this. And, and, to your point, it's like, yeah, like, like they said, like... <sighs> we were we're not political like we're a non-partisan organization but it's like you clearly aren't <laughs> not only for your past tweets about you know rbg like and you know there were uh, older tweets that came up about like hillary clinton like them you know applauding her for things and it's like you you have picked a side without like with with deleting your tweet about acb absolutely and i just can't believe how like how they can say that they're for women and it's literally freaking called girl scouts and they promote all this you know leadership and courage and and powerful you know creating powerful women it's just like well that's a that went out the window that's a fucking (laughs) lie
1: oh man that's going to be the quote that that we use at the beginning of this episode
0: yeah right
1: there (laughs) oh man
0: it's just ridiculous and and just cowtailing to the 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 leftist mob And, and like griffin said like i'm i'm on neither side either um it's just when people do crazy things, then I'm going to call them out for their, their crazy behavior. And it just happens to be right now in, in more leftist, more, more people on the left are being crazy and we're, we're just, it just happens to be the left this time,
1: yeah. you know,
0: and I'm not going to not call them out based because i'm afraid that someone might think oh well like you must be a trump supporter you must be a conservative or this and that it's just like no i'm just going to be critical when people deserve criticism
1: exactly so the the last quote i think this is a quote i didn't write it down in quotation marks but it's pretty Mm -hmm. articulate and i don't think that this came from my own brain so we're going to assume it's also (laughs) glenn greenwald it says and nothing is crippled by that trend more severely than journalism, which, above all else, requires the ability of journalists to offend and anger power centers, question or reject sacred pieties, unearth facts that reflect negatively, even on, especially on, the most beloved and powerful figures, and highlight corruption no matter where it is found and regardless of who is benefited or injured by its exposure. Right exactly what you just said, basically, about how you're gonna be critical no matter who it is. If there's if there's shit to be pointed out, we're gonna point it out. And right. I I I think that if you refuse to accept or if you fuse to refuse to put on air corruption by Joe Biden because you think he needs to win at all costs, you are highlighting precisely why maybe he should not win at all costs <laughs> okay. or at all
0: right the irony is just it's i mean it's just it drips it's drenched in just irony and hypocrisies. it's like yeah you ever think like you're you're saying all these things and i'm not saying trump's uh, the the better candidate or not i'm just saying like they say a lot of things about trump and like being corrupt and then they just Turn the other cheek and not even turn the other cheek. I mean they do everything in their power so people won't see that information. Yeah. And and that's i that's worse than turning the other cheek. It's just, you're actually, you know, not not telling, you know, censoring this information.
1: Right. You're not so, just looking the other way. You're actually right. doing something on right. one side. Yeah. And again, People are going to say, well, they have the right to do it because they're private companies, and we can we can argue that they're public utilities, or that they have a a mono- not a monopoly, maybe a triopoly, I guess. Right, the big the big three being Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.
0: Yeah, but I mean, Facebook now owns Facebook Instagram. owns Instagram,
1: but oh, YouTube's the other one I'm thinking of. So Go- so you get Google, Google right? And then you got the Facebook umbrella and then you've got yep. Twitter. So those are kind right. of the big three. So it's kind right. of like a triopoly sort of. of. But the thing is, it, it would be one thing if, let's say, let's say Facebook were like very liberal and Twitter were very conservative. And then so mm-hmm. they, you know, it would be like the social media version of Fox News versus CNN or something like that. Right. But, it's not everybody is suppressing the same information and promoting the same other information. And it's just, I mean, I don't know there, I think there are, there are some happenings. I don't know anything about this, so I shouldn't even be talking about it, but (laughs) someone uh, sent me something about how the U S government is determining or leaning toward um, labeling certain companies like Google and like Facebook, who just keep acquiring other companies as monopolies. Mm-hmm. I don't know how deep that is. I don't even know how true it is. So that's something I'm not gonna. But yeah, you know, you could you could look at Silicon Valley in a way. It's a it's definitely a monopoly of position when it comes to political and social issues.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. So that's just right.
0: And two, like with with. <laughs> the argument about like it's a public utility like versus a public or private company um the thing is is that you use the example like cnn and fox news like we know that fox news is you know to the right and we know cnn is to the left and what what all of these big tech companies do is pretend that they're nonpartisan, and that's where the problem lies is that they are <laughs> pretending that they're not leaning one way or the other and so i just think that's that's like a huge issue in there because like 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 when we know and it, you know left versus right like we get to decide whatever and like you said like if youtube and whatever were to the right and facebook was to the left like you would know but these they just <laughs> They have this way of just getting around that and <laughs> pretending like they're they're not political.
1: That is that is no, that's a great point. And I actually hadn't even thought of that where yeah, they're they're uh
0: But they fucking are.
1: <laughs> yeah, they totally are. And, and then
0: they yeah, they hide behind being a private company. And it's like
1: yeah and we've talked about in our first episode the hypocrisy of the the private company well, I think our I talked about the how when you're when you're a typical if you're a stereotypical person who's really really left leaning mm-hmm. and you would say the hypocrisy that I think I highlighted in our first episode was that you call them private tech companies, but then you don't. Uh, acknowledge that you're calling for, with the Second Amendment, you're calling for a reinterpretation of it based on modern times, where, uh, you know, saying that it's 2020, no one needs an assault weapon, or that was written when the only firearms were, you know, muskets and whatever. It's just a different time now. And the hypocrisy I was highlighting was that why won't you conceive the same for the First Amendment, where... Even though, yeah, maybe they're private tech companies that we can all agree that they function as public utilities, that if you are mm-hmm. if you're censored or if you're banned or if you if you you know just have to choose not to use instagram, twitter, facebook, youtube, uh, or do your searches on Google or whatever, that you're essentially shut out from society on a global scale and but the other hypocrisy I want to point out with the private company claim is that. Well, what about, like in Tony's episode, what about the private companies we were talking about there where, you know, they were forced this, whether I agree with it, you know, in my heart and soul or not, the company that had to bake the cake for the gay wedding. Right. What, what happened to the private, arg- private company argument there? What happened to liberals saying it doesn't matter that you're a private company, you're discriminating against certain people? Well, yeah. so is Twitter. Very clearly discriminating against uh, against certain viewpoints, against religious people, conservative people, uh, and it's just it's. I mean, maybe I'm, I'm sure a lot of people would have arguments as to why one is discrimination and the other isn't discrimination. But the fact is, you can't hide behind the private company argument and have it both ways.
0: Right. Exactly. You have to pick one. <laughs> you, you can't. You can't have both. Either you think fingers. a private company should be a private company or.
1: Right. Or like not. either you acknowledge that Biden is a fucking racist. Also, if you're going to call Trump or you can't call Trump a racist and, and not call Biden a racist. Exactly. That's so unbelievable. And that's yeah. the point. Like you can't if anybody says, you know, you uh, we have to get Trump out of office because we can't have a racist white supremacist as our president. It's like, well, hold on. If that can't be your reason, how are you leading with that reason? Right. Because <laughs> yeah. Biden, I mean, come on, look up Biden re- and and again, this isn't articles that can be interpreted as misquoted or whatever. I'm talking yeah. about fucking video interviews with Biden where he's making fun of Indian people and calling yep. saying a you a can't go to a 7-Eleven and then he yeah. put, yeah. It's just like or 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 calling uh comparing a poor people with white people you know like all like how or
0: or just being or the you ain't black comment oh my god i'm sorry what
1: and and that's the thing that's the other thing what i'm saying it's exactly like the the uh ruth bader ginsburg girl scouts thing it's like so you're not black unless you're black and liberal but what about
0: got it yeah
1: yeah Okay, gotcha. So not black. Uh, forget about the black conservative perspective, um, which is too bad because then then you cannot compl- You cannot. Uh, you can't claim that the Black Lives Matter again. The organization, not the notion. Yes, right. we agree with the notion Obviously, that Black, black lives, lives do, do matter, matter. <laughs> but the organization itself, that narrative, y- you cannot claim that that represents Black. America when there is a whole population of black anti-black lives matter, yeah really articulate people posting mm-hmm. why that this should not define our race, this should not define our identity and right. I don't agree with this and here's why and to right. suppress those people or or in Joe Biden's case to just tell them they're not black yeah
0: <laughs> like, I mean that's crazy. He literally just told the black person he's not black.
1: <laughs> It's, it's unbelievable. And so to overlook that, you know, if you want to, if you want to deal with your cognitive dissonance in whatever way, that's fine. But don't lead with the argument that you have to vote Trump out because he's a racist and a xenophobe. And with Joe Biden being the person you're voting for, it's just fucking ludicrous.
0: Yeah, exactly. Just, yeah, hypocrisy all all around, all around. Um, and yeah, I I just to you know it I just thought of it <laughs> to go back to like the big tech companies and them like pretending that they're like nonpartisan and blah blah blah. I just and I <laughs> I don't want to like use this word as like a like I just feel like they're they're like gaslighting people a little bit <laughs> like they're just they're manipulating people into thinking that they're just like. Like, no, like you, like we have to censor this from you. Like this is, this is scary information and it will hurt you. Mm. And I don't know. I just, I just thought of that. Like,
1: yeah, that was another, that's another moment from that uh, episode I referenced earlier, the portal by uh, Eric Weinstein's podcast with Douglas Murray, where what, what, yeah. And at one point, um, Eric asks uh, Douglas do you think we're living in a ga- gaslit society? Wow. And Douglas responded with the same thing. I, I don't want to use that word because of the way that it's been kind of bastardized by, Yeah, you it know, totally it's does. it's like people, people discovered, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've been a little bit of a psychology nerd since whatever, since I was in high school or early yeah. college. So these for, you know, I understand that not everybody is a psych nerd, but I, I'm not a professional in any means, but I was majoring in psychology at one point in college Mm -hmm. before I went into education. And it's just always been a thing. I just read a lot about it. I just really like it. Uh, I like talking about it. And so the term gaslighting has kind of been in my my back of my brain vocabulary for, I don't know, 15 years or whatever. And Mm -hmm. it's funny with something like that to watch people learn it and then for it to become a... Phenomenon where everybody uses it sometimes, even not appropriately, where people, right. you know, well, this is gaslighting, you know, and it's just one of those, it's another, it's another way it to
0: lose its meaning,
1: exactly. Yeah, and and it's a way for the mob to discredit some information that may very well need to be heard or need to right, be right, which read. is
0: ironic because they're actually gaslighting, yes, you that, know. That's a good point. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, it's, I, I, and I don't, I think the whole point of this episode is just, we just found ourselves in like, we were going to try to get a guest on, um, and then it was like when, when the Instagram thing happened and Glenn Greenwald and whatever, it's just like, you know what, what are we, what is this world coming to? And then you, then you've got, I I know we weren't going to talk about this, but I just remembered Mm -hmm. the, uh, the U the UK police saying they'll break up Thanksgiving gatherings oh my God. or not Thanksgiving that's not a UK holiday uh, but they're talking about December I think right they Christmas were yeah America. they were
0: talking about Christmas yeah I'm pretty sure and like Christmas and Hanukkah and and all of what is celebrated in December and they said yeah they were like we're we're gonna go into homes and there'll be consequences if you have, you know, X amount of people in your home.
1: And then that happened, right? There was, I think you sent me the article about how somewhere in the U.S. they responded to a, a noise Ugh. complaint, was it, or something? And then they went in the house.
0: It was in New York City. And it was, um, oh gosh, what was it? It was, yeah, it was a private home. And it, they were having, so it was um, Jewish people having a gathering. And I'm, I think... I'm not sure exactly how many people it was, but the officer, the officers were called to the house because of a noise complaint, allegedly. And basically the officer like came right up to the door, entered the home and was arguing with the homeowner being like, we came because, Oh, okay. No, it was, it was a vehicle parking complaint. So I don't know exactly what that means. Um. I don't know if it was someone was parked in someone else's spot. I don't know if it was, it seemed like there were a lot of cars on the street. And thereby, uh, you know, cars are suddenly, if you have so many cars, then that's a terrible offense, I guess. Um, And, you know, the officer came into the home of of this, you know, Jewish gathering and, and basically was like, no, you have... I see that you have over 10 people here in a crowd. Um, And I don't know what the real consequences were of that, but it's scary that the officer was like, no, like this is not okay. This is against the law. You have over 10 people in your home. And, And the fact that he was entering the home I don't it doesn't appear that he was invited into the home and obviously he didn't have a warrant because this was about a vehicle complaint. So it's scary that they could even enter your home.
1: This is the beginning of something really fucked. I'm yeah, I'm really worried.
0: I can't like it's may seem like crazy thing and people's argument back to it might be like well he shouldn't have had 10 people in his home like for covid reasons and it's like okay put covid on pause for a second like let's remove this this is fucking scary that a police officer can come into your home without a warrant without justification and tell you because you have over 10 people in your home that there will there will be consequences. This is this is the type of behavior that we see in the beginning of you know tyranny and mm. and and dystopias like dystopias and and crazy shit. And,
1: and we this- should have learned that we we should have learned like the the idea that um, of not letting history repeat itself. One of the the things that I think I would hope we'd learn is that the ends very rarely justify the means and we need to remember that. Whereas the whole point of remembering events from the past that did not work out well is so that even when our emotions tell us, do I want to be safe? I don't want to get COVID and die. That we we know that that end, meaning the end being, oh, we're all safe. Like that's even fucking possible, anyway. But let's just pretend right. we're we're all safe. We didn't get COVID, uh, and that justifies the means being that you know police basically violate constitutional rights and can break into homes and break up gatherings over of over ten people, and that's just not true. The, the laws and principles are in place because no ends justify means because that's what protects us from people overstepping what we've decided are appropriate boundaries for, for all human beings. And if you, if you, I mean, again, we, we talked about this a couple episodes ago, where does the buck stop? You know, if you say, well, it's just, it's to keep us safe. We have to, we have to, we have to violate these certain rights for this. Where does it stop? And, and I know that that's, where conspiracy theorists kind of hang their hats and say that's where it gets out of control. And I'm not saying, this is hopefully what separates us from what you might call a conspiracy theorist, listeners, Mm -hmm. is that I'm not saying it's going to. I'm not saying this is going to be a repeat of World War II Germany. What I'm saying is that this is how it starts. I'm not saying it's the intention, anybody's intention, although it may be um but i'm not trying to speculate and put ideas about motives or intent into anybody's head i'm just saying that this
0: based on his history
1: <laughs> yeah this is just it's not right and based on the principles are the principles and laws are in place so that there aren't exceptions yeah or your very right, rarely
0: yeah your rights aren't suspended just because a virus comes
1: yeah, and it's I'm, not I'm like I'm not
0: trying to downplay the virus. I'm just saying like and in fact, like this is exactly why our rights in the constitution was put in place. So, when th- world events or disasters happen or just crazy things happen, we'll always have those rights. <sighs> this is exactly why this was built. This is why the constitutional republic was built. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly for these situations that are happening right now and that our rights are being infringed upon. It's wacky. Yeah, it
1: is. So just be just be careful. And also like I don't want to downplay the virus. Um I know people people right now that I work with have got we've had to take some 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 pretty serious measures because you know people I know have gotten it and we're right. we're doing not too well. They're okay now. Thank goodness. Mm -hmm. But but you know, it's not like I'm I'm not trying to be one of those people who say it doesn't exist or say that it doesn't have serious effects on certain people. But it's not like it's not Ebola, you know, it's not right. I mean, lockdowns and some maybe some places are they're effective, maybe and this isn't this isn't a podcast about what to do about the pandemic situation. But I'm just saying like just just take a step back for a second. And look at what you're allowing your rights to be taken away for, and and you know I make the decision I make the decision to wear a mask. Um, it is mandatory here in Morocco, but it's I don't think that I'm giving up a huge liberty by wearing a mask or whatever. So I'm not I'm not trying to justify whatever groups of armed militia who are standing <laughs> in front of city halls. In protest of having to wear masks, this isn't what it's about. It's, but it's just like, if it gets to the point where you are having a family gathering, whether or not that's advisable, given the situation, gets to the point where police can come in and into your home unannounced to see if you're following these laws and break it up, maybe arrest you or fine you or whatever it is. Yep this isn't Ebola. Is this really something that you are prepared to give up those rights for? Is it really something you want to, like, I I just keep using Ebola as an example, but I could see if, like, if, if this were an Ebola outbreak, I could see even myself, who claims to be sort of principled in this way, I can see myself being like, okay, whatever you need to do to keep us safe because Ebola is fucked up and highly fatal and infectious and rapidly kills people and it's just miserable. But when you look at the infection rates versus death tolls and versus the percentages of people who experience even serious symptoms, it's like Mm -hmm. this isn't the hill we're going to die on, ladies and gentlemen. This is not it.
0: Yeah, the reaction doesn't it's not warranted in in what this actually is and like we said people have died of it we're not saying that it's just yeah it's not the black plague it's not ebola it's it's not all of these things and and i just i have a lot of thoughts surrounding the virus and i have a lot of thoughts um about what we can do as individuals to you know, strengthen our immune systems and actually fight off the virus if if that were the case, but that's for, you know, another episode. It's just crazy. And and oh, we have to talk about Governor Newsom. The so he's the governor of California. Oh yeah. And he came out with these wild rules for Thanksgiving. Like he put out rules where Where are they?
1: I don't know. They're
0: like so So, no more than three families at your Thanksgiving um, celebration. It has to be held outside. And, you know, if someone needs to go to the bathroom, it needs to be like cleansed and there needs to be hand sanitizer readily available. Okay, cool. Um, It can be no more than two hours. Um, You are strongly discouraged from singing playing an instrument playing wind instruments specifically I mean this is legitimately what what he put
1: yeah like, I mean co- like once you're once you're gonna get to the way that I view the and and now this is just going into a personal approach to dealing with this situation but it's just like mm-hmm. i have a fixed small number of people who are kind of in my circle of trust and then if i'm going to hang around with them i'm just going to hang around with them like normal and we we all have trust in each other that we're we're safe and we're mindful in other situations so that our circle of contact isn't spreading to their circle of contact people that we don't know it's kind of more or less you try to keep it your only contact from everybody just limited to those people as much as you can, at least. And then when you're with those people, it's like, well, you can at least be, live a normal human existence and you can be close to them and you can hug them and you can, you know, uh, eat at the same table without a mask and things like that. I understand that that's not everybody's approach. That's, officially probably not the advisable approach but you're talking about families at thanksgiving yeah i just feel like how could you not have that approach
0: it's so insane and i don't know how many people are actually going to adhere to any of these rules but yeah the fact that like we can we can assume responsibility of ourselves and our loved ones We can, we are capable people of, you know, we, we can do that. And some might argue, oh yeah, but the crazy people who are going to walk down the street without a mask. Well, guess what? They're going to do that regardless, but this is taking it to the next level with all of these, these rules. And, and here's another rule. Masks must stay on after eating and drinking. Like,
1: yeah, that's just something I. This can't This
0: is get crazy. Yeah, singing and shouting strongly discouraged. Um, you have to keep social distance, maintain hand hygiene. Um, it, it's just.
1: And that's it's the truly thing. Unbelievable. Make those rules uh, totally. If if you're making them for your uh, your business place, your restaurant, or your, right. or even if it's government mandated for public spaces or for gatherings in restaurants, right. bars, whatever,
0: right. But, but in I, your home?
1: In your home. I mean, because with the other stuff, the masks on the street, and, you know, that's where my naturally kind of libertarian tendencies, I do have to concede that it's more complicated that like our, you know, our connection as a society is more important than just a A, a true libertarian might give a credit for. But when it comes to something in your private home, and a governor is telling you, you must wear your mask if you're not eating or drinking in your home gathering, I got to draw the line there, personally.
0: Super fucked. Honestly. Um,
1: And then there are these, you got to look, there was just something I, I don't know where this tied in, but I was just thinking, as this gets, as this gets crazier, and we look at what they're telling us, and we're going back to cognitive dissonance, Mm -hmm. there, there's so much... That is implicit and yet very powerful. And when, and I don't know how, how to get people to focus on not just what's said, but also how it's said and the context around it, because those are things that you can't quantify like you can the actual words or the actual actions of somebody. But when we communicate almost entirely non verbally, And the actual, actually what is said, it's so easy to take what is said out of context and twist it for good or for bad by putting it in text or in in an article or whatever. But like, what about, I just had a couple examples in mind because I think as, as stuff gets crazier, that's going to, that's going to play a lot bigger role. And our intuition is going to play a lot bigger role in being able to understand you know, where people's hearts are, where people's minds are by the nonverbal communication that they're using. And, Mm. but, but how do you, how do you legitimize that claim when you, you know, you can't, it's not objectively, uh, it's not an argument to say, well, I could just tell by his body language or by his facial expression, but at the same time, body language and facial expressions, while not, while not, um, quantifiable at least as right. much they matter like yeah. take take joe biden and again the only you could criticize trump's body language and whatever all day long i'm just going to criticize joe biden because nobody nobody does and everybody's right. already criticized trump and i agree with the critic the criticisms of trump the way mm-hmm. he says stuff and yeah. the context around it his body language is stupid fucking Perched lips his kissy face like yeah yeah ah. but look at joe but like in the debates like deflecting questions and then going to the camera and doing the doing the like 1980s politician thing where he like squints his eyes and looks in the camera and like points his finger and just like we're talking about you and your families making sure you're safe and it's just like dude this is 2020 right no one does that anymore
0: he's like they don't want to know about my family or your family. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, no, we do.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we really do. And just if you're going to say that, like at least try to sound more natural. It's just so clearly disingenuous. But that doesn't make a news story or an objective argument to say, well, yeah, Biden squinted his eyes and pointed at the camera, like indicating what? That he's lying? Like, yeah, probably. But how do you... you, That doesn't really hold up in, in an argument. But I think it... I So, yeah, I struggle with the the difference between um, intuition and psychological blind spots. Cause they're often, mm. they often disguise each other as the other thing, but yeah, the other, like point. if you look at, um, there was a, there was uh, the Bill Gates interview with uh, <laughs> the Moderna vaccine. Oh, yeah. I mean, my God, like it's if scary. I don't care if you think Bill Gates truly is the Messiah, which a lot of you do at, Like,
0: that's scary. The the
1: answer to that question, I don't know. Did you watch that, Devin? I did. Yeah. Where he's right away. I mean, his hands are flying everywhere. He's tripping over his words. He's he's clearly holding something back, or clearly the truth is something that we can't handle, and because if or if we were told, we would definitely jump off the Bill Gates bandwagon. And you can just tell he knows that. I mean, he says. What the he's i think he starts the response with like well uh, the okay the fda you know not pressured and it's just like oh really not not pressured that's what we would call uh unsolicited reassurance which is the same thing as the the sexual assailant you know telling the girl oh come back to my place uh nothing bad will happen to you and hey leftist mob i am not calling Bill Gates a sexual assailant. I'm just drawing a parallel to the methodology when it comes to unsolicited reassurance. But for him to say, you know, the FDA, not, you know, not pressured by anybody to, to deem a vaccine as safe. It's just like, okay, so you expect me, you expect me not to consider what you just said, that there's a possibility, even if I'm just speculating... And that there's a possibility that maybe the FDA is being pressured because no one asked you in that interview if the FDA is being pressured. Huge he, red flag. Yeah, huge red flag. And he's just going on with the hands falling and the stuttering and the. And it's just like, again, how do you. This is the stuff that um, maybe would get you labeled a conspiracy theorist or something like that because, like, he he, you know, what am I going to say? It's a, the whole COVID vaccine's a conspiracy because Bill Gates said not under pressure or he was stuttering and his hands were flying everywhere and he's never wearing a mask. So, you know, all that stuff, it's just like, that's not an argument, but our intuition tells us something. So this isn't a, this isn't a for or against that. I'm just, well, I just wanted to shed light on that struggle because you know, think about how many people base votes upon just who, how you know, long Joe Biden pointed at them, and they were like, "Wow, he really cares about my family." Or Trump's rhetoric about you know, "Make America Great Again," and you know, we're we're gonna do things, we're gonna do we're gonna do lots of things, the great things, and you're just like, "Yeah, you know, yeah, we are. yeah." Right,
0: okay, right.
1: like, that's the difference. Like, unbelievable things, yeah, yeah. That's not yeah. intuition. That's a psychological blind spot, but who's to point out the difference and how do you tell it's just a whole fucked up mess.
0: Yeah, it really is. There's just so much that goes into it. <laughs> oh gosh.
1: Well, I'm exhausted.
0: Me too. This stuff really <laughs> exhausts me, but I'm happy to to talk about it cuz I think light needs to be shed on it.
1: Totally. And I'm happy that if you're listening to this, I'm happy that you listened all the way to the end. We appreciate anybody who's clicking on our thing just to hear our voices. It's it's uh it's really cool. If nothing else, it's just totally. it's nice to have um it's just nice to have this as as an outlet for what we think um totally. you know the views we don't hear a lot about. So thanks yeah. listeners, much appreciated.
0: Yeah. We'll see you next time on Going
1: Agree or disagree, we really appreciate you tuning in to hear our thoughts. We'd like to hear yours too, so feel free to engage with us on Instagram at what's going on here with underscores between each word. Thanks again for listening. Hey. What's going on here? on here?